Welcome to VRN's Progressive Radio News Hour. I'm Steve Lenman. Paul Craig Roberts is my guest today. We've got lots to talk about. We'll begin with Charlie Heb- Heb- Hebdo. We'll go on to some other issues. Let me just say, I've written about half a dozen. Paul has written about Charlie Hebdo. I've written about half a dozen times on it. I'm working on another article now. I'll get out later today. Uh, I put out one this morning called uh, A Defiant Charlie Hebdo. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, an act of terrorism or a false flag, as I believe, I made a statement in a couple of my articles that what happened in Paris last week was less about terrorism and more about false flag deception. But forget about who did what to whom. At issue, in my estimation, is a war by the West, led by America, a phrase I like to use often is U.S.-led or U.S.-dominated NATO, waging war against fundamental freedoms, ones guaranteed under international law, protected by U.S. constitutional law, supposedly protected by laws in other Western countries, and they're being savagely attacked on the pretext of fighting terrorism, where the only real terrorist threat I know is state terrorism, terrorism created by Western governments, mainly America, the other Western powers, Israel, against innocent people, mostly Muslims. This is a dirty game going on, and Muslims are unfortunately uh, irresponsibly blamed for what's going on, and I can only see something much worse than what exists right now, which France. Look at what's happening in France right now. The country is militarized with 10,000 security forces, including 5,000 combat troops. I made a comment in one article. Will tanks be rolling down the Champs-Élysées before very long? Will they station themselves under the Arc de Triomphe? Will freedom completely disappear in France, Britain, Germany, America? That's the real threat that we need to worry about and talk about. Paul, I'm eager to hear your comments. Okay. Well, it's uh, certainly the case that there's no free speech, despite all the uh, free speech defense of the French cartoonists. Apparently, um, the French have just arrested uh, 54 people for exercising uh, free speech. But if it's free speech that is not approved of, it becomes hate speech, not free speech. And they've arrested that black comedian. What is his name? Uh, oh, it's hard to pronounce. Don. It's hard to pronounce. I'll it, I, I mention one thing about him, Paul, very quickly. Uh, it, uh, the, uh, the attack on him may be less about his, uh, his comic irreverence and more about the fact that he uh, is, is uh, anti-Zionist. Uh, he ran uh, about a decade ago on, on, a, uh, pro-Palest- on a pro-Palestinian party ticket for the uh, French parliament. These are the kind of things that really get the ire up of the people who run countries like France, Paul. Yeah, well, just as <clears throat> I agree with that, just as you are writing uh, a column about it, I am too. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is I'm writing. But first, let's briefly review uh, <clears throat> the effect of, uh, of the uh, shootings, uh, <clears throat> whether they were a false flag or an actual attack, has been to end the move by the French government toward some foreign policy independence of Washington. The French had recently voted with the Palestinians against the American and Israeli position, and the French president had recently declared that the sanctions uh, against Russia must end. 
So these were two uh, uh, quite uh, distinct departures from Washington's foreign policy, which Washington does not permit on the part of its NATO vassals. And we also also saw this spreading uh, into England because the British abstained on the Palestinian-Israeli <clears throat> uh, vote. And uh, instead of voting, as they always have with the Americans and the Israelis. So that move toward independence has been stopped. Also, there was growing uh, support throughout Europe for the Palestinian position. Uh, the people in, in the European countries, including governments, had more or less had enough of the sort of brutal uh, oppression uh, that the remnants of uh, Palestine uh, suffered at the hands of Israelis. <clears throat> and and so these attacks associated with Muslims have stopped that. And also the attacks serve to stop the growing opposition within Europe to a new uh, American war in the Middle East, this time targeted at the Islamic State. So clearly uh, the neoconservatives have come out of this, the total winners. And it means... Uh, Continued pressure on Russia, more war, um, more support for Israel. And so that are, is the consequences. Now, what I'm adding to this, what I'm writing now, it is another consequence. If you look at the protesters, these people who are uh, so much in defense of the Charlie Hebdo cartoonists, these are the people of uh, Marie Penn. These are the right-wing Europeans who are against immigration. And so what has happened, whether this was a Muslim attack or a false flag attack, this has elevated the right-wing parties of Europe, both in France and in England, where Farage is the leader, and in Germany, because this all this mass outpouring of support for the cartoonists, these are the people who are against the immigration. And since immigrants are mainly Muslims, this is the reason for the support. So you have the curious consequence that the result of this attack is to strengthen and put into the leadership the right-wing parties that uh, the Western governments have done so much to oppose. Also note that these right-wing parties, because they are anti-immigration and thereby anti-Muslim, they are perfectly aligned with the Zionists. So we now have the unity of the rising right-wing parties in Europe with the Zionist Israeli state. And that is the main consequence of this. I mean, I agree with everything you said about the um, attacks on free speech. And, it's, it, of course, it's a, high, it's a hypocritical position. What the free speech means is, if I like what you're saying, it's free speech. If exactly. I don't like what you're saying, it's hate speech. It's a crime. So that's obvious. But what has really happened is this attack has served to unify 
the right-wing anti-immigration parties in Europe with the Israeli state. Oh, I agree with you, Paul, absolutely. And, uh, you know, along with this, the evisceration of fundamental freedoms, uh, Le Monde, uh, in the article that I'm working on now, Le Monde, uh, after the uh, January 7th attacks, uh, had a headline, uh, uh, Francis, uh, September 11th, in French, 11 September Francaise, I think it was in France, but France is September 11th, and the idea that all of the things that happened post 9-11 in America, one police state law after another, uh, they're, they're championing the notion of cracking down on uh, what they call terrorism by enacting police state laws and just eviscerating fundamental freedoms, and this is the thing that scares me, and of course the right-wing bodies are very comfortable with this sort of thing, and I guess they're also uh, against anybody from black Africa. Africa. So they, they hate Muslims, and they hate black people from Africa, and these are the ones that they want to keep out, and they support the same kind of things that I, the other parties support, the, the moneyed interests, but they, want, but they want freedoms destroyed so that people have no say about anything. And if they stick their head up and say the wrong thing, they'll go after them, target them, arrest them, imprison them. Boy, not, not societies you or I want to live in, Paul. Well, it's the one that... Uh that's been created so in, in my opinion this this uh, attack has um, backfired if it was a false flag attack it's backfired in a fundamental sense now i i think the freedoms were already endangered and they have been well really ever since the cold war started because the independence of the european countries have disappeared they no longer they are they are captive nations of washington and so there's not much chance that they're going to have domestic or foreign policies any different from washington and we were already leading the world into the police state and the warfare state so it's certainly the case that this is this uh, event uh, charlie hebdo has increased the pace of the destruction of any remaining individual uh, freedom. Let's move on to um, two other things. Uh, um, two remarkable things have happened. Um, this morning, um, the Swiss National Bank, Central Bank, announced that it had removed the currency peg and was no longer uh, suppressing the value of the Swiss franc by printing new francs uh, to meet the inflow of dollars and euros. They, they had announced this policy some three years ago because flight from the dollar and flight from the euro uh, was driving the Swiss franc so high that uh, they couldn't export. And so they announced a policy that anybody who brought new dollars or euros, they were simply not going to let the demand for francs drive up the exchange rate. They would simply print new francs. Well, that was all suspended now, stopped. And it, it, it of course, caught all kinds of financial firms off guard who were positioned, uh, um, in, in particularly hedge funds, uh, positioned uh, differently, not expecting such uh, an act because the Swiss gave no warning. And we now have a lot of turmoil. And 
the Swiss have announced that uh, they're going to control the demand for francs by charging you to hold a Swiss account. They've moved their negative interest rate uh, uh, higher so that you really have to pay them to have a bank account. Well, it's, it's hard to know what's going to be the fallout from this extraordinary surprise change. We have another surprise, which has um, not really gotten into the Western media to the extent that, uh, that I have seen it in the Western media. But the Russians, according to Zero Hedge, have just announced that they are no longer supplying gas to Europe through the Ukraine. Mm, I didn't know that. That they are going to send the gas to Turkey. And if the Europeans want the gas, the Europeans can build the pipeline to Turkey to get it. So it looks like at least six European countries that were supplied through Ukraine if this report is correct, have now been cut off right here in the middle of the winter. So if this report is correct, now, of course, the Western press so far is silent. If this report is correct, and Zero Hedge usually is, in fact, we have direct quotes from Russian officials and from Gazprom, and unless this is something, uh, you know, that the onion has managed to place on zero edge, <clears throat> I think the Daily Mail in London has reported it. Um, but um, it uh, says that um, gas companies in Ukraine confirmed that Russia had cut off supply and six countries reported a complete shutoff of Russian gas. The EU raged that the sudden cutoff to some of its members was completely unacceptable. But Gazprom's CEO, Alexei Miller, added that Russia plans to shift all its natural gas flows crossing Ukraine to a route via Turkey. And the Russian energy minister, Alexander Novak, stated unequivocally, the decision has been made. Russia plans to shift all of its natural gas flows crossing Ukraine to a route via Turkey, a surprise move that the European Union's energy chief said would be, uh, would be devastating. So if this uh, is all true, it looks like the Russians have had enough of economic warfare against it while it subsidizes the energy of its enemies. And this, if this development is as it seems to be in this report, it portends the possible breakup of NATO. Because, as I have often suggested, the Russians could destroy NATO instantly simply by refusing to sell energy to members of NATO. The whole organization would instantly fall apart, 
and that would be the end of the danger we now face of the neoconservatives driving us into a nuclear confrontation with Russia and China. So this development... These are big developments, Paul, absolutely. Very big uh, development. And so um, it also says Gazprom plans to deliver the fuel to Turkey's border with Greece, and it's up to the EU to decide what to do with it further. In other words, um, at the moment, there's no pipelines from Turkey to Europe, apparently. So the upshot is that Russia cut gas exports to Europe by 60% today. And this should put the continent into an energy crisis within hours. So one never knows um, about such reports. Uh, They're so extraordinary. Uh, But uh, this report is quoting authorities. It's in a reputable place. And it looks like that unless the Russians are back down or somebody makes some quick concessions to them, that they have decided they've had enough of turning the other cheek. Uh, and I've always stressed that all the cards are held by Russia, none by Obama, and that the Russians have consistently refused to play the cards because they didn't want any provocative action. They were relying on common sense among the European countries. But now that the European countries have demonstrably proven conclusively that they have no common sense, the Russians have given up on them. Paul, I hope you're right, and I I hope Putin has some other measures in mind, certainly trading in rubles away from the dollar, doing it more with China, uh, important to do. Uh, I understand that other BRICS countries are at least beginning to do some of the same things, and uh, Russia and China apparently going off the SWIFT system system to have their own uh, exchange, financial exchange system. These kind of things, nonviolent, can really hammer the way very, very hard, and I hope there's a lot more they have in mind. And don't say anything about it until they actually do it, and then let the information come out. But these are the terrific ways to hit back, despite all the sanctions imposed against Russia by America against European, by European countries against Russia. The only thing Russia has done is banned some agricultural uh, imports. Well, you know, that, that's a one type of sanction, but pretty mild compared to what's been done to them. But I hope Putin has uh, indeed will toughen up short of getting into a military con- con- confrontation. And from what you're saying, he may very well be doing it now. I think he's a pretty smart cookie, Paul. Oh, well, he is, uh, but he's been very, very patient. And um, this may... If- these reports indicate that um, he's run out of patience. I agree with what you said in one of your articles about about the fact that when Russia refers to its Western partners, it has no Western partners. It has Western enemies, and I wish they would stop using that term. <laughs> right. Well, it just shows their, uh, <clears throat> their determination not to uh, let this uh, develop into more confrontation. They're very unprovocative until today or yesterday, whenever this this announced. Uh, I think it was 
because, you know, they're, what, 10 hours ahead of us in Moscow. So this type of um, report, yes, it came out yesterday, uh, late in the evening, our time. So I think on the whole, um, this is a major development. It dwarfs the implications of Charlie Hebdo, uh, if this is correct. So we see now all kinds of amazing changes uh, suddenly, don't we, Stephen? We we see uh, what you've emphasized, the, uh, the uh, rapid appearance of a uh, police state in France. We see the changed nature of European politics with the rise of the right-wing parties on the back of the Charlie Hebdo because it gives them exactly what they needed for their anti-immigration policies. So this will revolutionize politics in France, in England, in Germany, probably everywhere. Uh, we see the Swiss uh, throwing the uh, throwing a curveball at the international bankers and the monetary system. Who knows what the consequences of that might be? And now we have suddenly these reports that the Russians have turned the gas off to six European countries who were relying on the pipeline to transition through Ukraine. Now, I suspect that the Russians may be counting on the Europeans to very quickly adjust their position with regard to Ukraine in order to get that decision reconsidered by Moscow. If that doesn't happen, it looks like extremely severe hardship for six European countries. And that, of course, would have its own kind of economic fallout because no doubt those countries have sovereign debt. No doubt uh, their derivatives based on it. And if they are denied energy during the winter, uh, it means primarily uh, that the, any industry is going to be suffered because no government can let the people freeze to death in the homes. So you have another economic explosion sitting there waiting to happen. So these events of the last few days uh, may have fundamentally changed. Uh, the nature of uh, of world politics. Of course, they have enough uh, reserves to last for a while, Paul. Gas reserves. How much they have, I don't know. They certainly don't are not down to zero. So uh, maybe they have a month's supply or two months. But to cut off supplies in the middle of January, uh, the, the least opportune time to do it. I mean, if you cut off supplies, you're going to hurt industry. I mean, people won't be able to heat their homes if they don't get gas. Other times, you know, industry operates uh, uh, 12 months of the year. So this is very serious business. And uh, it, it, I, I am really astonished to hear this. I did, I did not expect this, uh, Paul. I didn't expect it at all. You, 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 you really blindsided me to it. But I say bravo, Vladimir Putin. Hit him again harder. <laughs> yeah. Well, on my site, there's a link to the Zero Hedge report. Um, and um, as I say, these reports are very trustworthy. They're very professional. And I see now that uh, Bloomberg is starting to report this. So apparently it is real. Um, 
and uh, we'll see uh, we'll see the consequences. So, where does this leave us? I think, um, Stephen, it means that uh, 2015, the year 2015, is going to be like uh, Gerald Salenti says. You know the trends forecast. Yep. Yep. The year that the grand manipulations of Washington are going to be tested. Are they able to continue to deceive people about the state of the economy? You saw the retail sales report yesterday. That Christmas sales were a bust. Retail sales actually fell. Uh, we see that Washington may be losing control of uh, its vassal states. It's not clear to me that Maria Penn is going to be a, a Washington puppet. <laughs> or was, or the we, guy in Britain, Farage, he's not going is that his name, Farage? Uh, Farage, not, yeah. I think I think they want out of NATO and they want out of the EU. Right. So um, the whole world uh, this is this is going to be a year that tests the ability of Washington to continue to manipulate, uh, manipulate uh, not just the American people, but all its vassal states in NATO, in Japan. Canada, Australia, these are all vassal states. They're not, they're not independent countries. They're captive nations. But it looks like that that uh, all of this may be coming undone. The Washington uh, overreached in trying to put pressure on Russia that if this was a false flag attack, Washington overreached and has delivered Europe to the right-wing parties. Um, so the, in, the the insolence and the audacity of the neoconservatives uh, have, has come back to bite them. And so this will be a very, a very interesting year. Oh, it will be an interesting year, and I must say, I'm looking at the Wall Street Journal online right now. It's got a, it's got a headline: Switzerland uh, scraps cap on currency and surprise move. Uh, in an article I wrote in the past few days, Paul, you may have noticed it. I wrote about George Kennan, uh, the uh, the uh, 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 important advisor, I guess, national security advisor back in the Truman days. And at age 98, he 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 opposed the Vietnam War. He was he was against the imperial wars that followed. And at age 98, he made a comment to the effect that. NATO expanding east is an event of potentially uh, epic catastrophic <laughs> consequences. Uh, George Kennan, a highly respected guy in his time, uh, and of course NATO is expanding to right up against Russia's borders. And I guess what, what he was worried about, he died in 2005 at age 101. I guess what he was worried about was a potential U.S.-Russian war, meaning a nuclear war, and I can't imagine anything more potentially uh, catastrophic than that. And you've certainly written plenty about it yourself. Well, <clears throat> that's right, and it, it is the biggest danger, um, but it looks like uh, American power may be collapsing from overreach, and uh, that may be what we're witnessing. That may be the consequences of Charlie Hebdo, of the sanctions on Russia, of the uh, strategic alliance between Russia and China. The United States government just got too arrogant too full of hubris, and is bringing down its own power with its amazing overreach and manipulations. There have just been too many lies, and you're one of the most effective people in exposing the lies, the endless lies that stream from the government 
and the media. I just keep repeating it day after day, Paul, and you do such remarkable work yourself. Again, you're an inspiration to me. And we miss Chalmers Johnson at this time, who died, if I remember right, in November 2010. And he talked about this all the time, overreach uh, <laughs> the U.S. empire will go the way of all previous empires if it continues on its, on, on, on its current course. And he was absolutely right. Can you imagine if 2015 is the year when the U.S. empire comes a cropper? I never thought I'd live to see the day, Paul. I think that would be a great way for me to, to get into the twilight of, of my life, to see that happen. It can't happen a moment too soon, Paul. Not if there's going to be an avoidance of nuclear war. It's got to happen. You're right. It's got to happen. We've got to figure out a way to stop a nuclear war. Otherwise, it's curtains for everybody. Paul, I look forward to getting you back next month. We'll continue this. These big issues aren't going away anytime soon. Again, my great thanks, Paul. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, Stephen. Thanks, Paul.